0: a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers.
1: I'm Saffir Master. My pronouns are him His and he.
0: And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers!
1: Cheers. What are we drinking today?
0: So we're going to have a dry martini. You know that I love dry martinis. Yeah, I know. With a lemon twist. And in our martini, we use Gordon's this time. Okay. And so it's a three to one ratio of the vermouth and gin. And then we we add some orange bitters to it. Stirred, not shaken.
1: This is the champion martini Mm -hmm. from the first hundred podcasts
0: yes exactly and
1: pretty soon we have our third hundred it's coming up isn't it because like we're on
0: 40 something now Yeah, we are getting there and we did 240 for last year 20
1: more podcasts
0: so like 20 more podcasts we're up we're up so like i have to start getting that list together i did i did try to start that today so
1: yeah and at that point we'll have the champion from season one yes And the champion from the second hundred. Yes. Well, the champion from the first hundred, the champion from the second hundred, and then the champion drink from the third hundred. Yep. Then we'll have to have a drink off to
0: see which of the
1: the top three is the reigning champion over 300 episodes. Wow.
0: That's amazing. It's kind
1: of amazing you've made like close to 300 drinks. It's quite amazing. Yeah,
0: because we, we, we like some drinks and it'd be nice to sometimes go back to those fives because they're great. Like we had one the other day. Yeah. We went back and had a Monte Carlo and it, we were like, wow, this is a great drink. Of course, it's a great drink.
1: You know? And we know this is a five. It's a great yeah, drink. Yeah, this is a great drink. Ooh. It's interesting that the, the Gordon's, is, Gordon's a, is different. It's a different it? flavor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's totally different.
1: It's stronger. It's like a stronger. Do you
0: feel that? Yeah, I do too. It's like
1: a stronger, like a more ginny martini.
0: That's what it is. You know,
1: it's more ginny. And I don't know if that means that you use more of it by ratio.
0: No, I mean I follow the same recipe as with the, with the Tangaree, but, but which it's is different.
1: Just comes across as more gin forward,
0: and it might be that we learn. I mean, it's still a great cocktail, but the idea might be, you might learn that Gordon's is better in gin and tonics or other gin drinks and right. that we like Tanqueray better in our martini I type. like
1: Tanqueray better than this for this martini. I do
0: too. Yeah. I, I do too. It's not like it's bad. It's no. just very gin forward.
1: Yeah. It's, it's unbalanced in a way. Yeah. So you'd have to play with the ratio. You might of have to adjust it
0: to see fitters. if you can get Gordon's to play better with the vermouth.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, I think, I think this one. Is short vermouth for Gordon's.
0: Yeah. so I, think, I don't know. If you think about it, it's three ounces of gin to one ounce – or half an ounce no, – no, one ounce, excuse me, of vermouth. Yeah. And then some orange. And if you didn't have the orange, it would be really ginny for it. Yeah. You know?
1: hmm So, uh,
0: yeah, and that's definitely coming from the gin, not the vermouth, you know, that forward flavor. Right. So it's almost like, okay, maybe it needs more vermouth to smooth it out. But
1: well, what we know about Gordon's is that it's a really – staple old gin that yeah. comes from England. And it, it's really, I mean, I know like when I was a kid, I'm talking when I was six years old, this is what we had in the cocktail cabinet, right? Well, so. it's
0: not bad. Like I'm not saying it's a bad cut co- because this is a great cocktail, period. Yeah. But We're it's, discerning it's now. interesting now because now I know several different types of gin, which yeah. I had no experience with gins really other than gin is gin. Yeah. And now, like, it'd be fascinating to have martinis side by side and right. go through different types of gins to see, you know, is there a stellar gin for
1: martinis? Yeah. Well, I think of the ones we've tried. We've tried Gordon's and we've tried Hendrix mm-hmm. and we've tried... Tangere. Tangere Bombay. And Bombay. Mm-hmm. And of the ones we've tried... Sapphire Bombay. Yeah, the Sapphire Bombay. And of the ones we've tried, for me... Tangare is the leading yeah, and I isn't that weird gin martini contender
0: yeah, right? Because I used to think, oh, Tangare, there's no way that's middle of the road, and I would I used to say it's got to be Bombay, right? And of course, other people were telling me Grey Goose or not Grey Goose because vodka, but they were telling me another brand I can't remember it, and I didn't like that gin, right? You know, straight, and so it is fascinating. Because there's know, better
1: when, cocktails. A year or so ago, one of our friends gave us a bottle of a floral gin.
0: Yeah, from and, Minnesota or something right. like that. And,
1: you know, it was interesting because the, we've tried three floral gins. We've tried mm-hmm. that and then the Hendrix and then the Hendrix Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. yeah. And of that, the Hendrix itself was the more like Yeah, like I'm glad we one. tried
0: the Midsummer Night's. Yeah. And it did work when we made that rose martini. Yeah. However... It was very floral, like extremely heavy floral.
1: But we but we had a gin and tonic with the Gordons. It was and, fabulous.
0: And it was really good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So he, it might play better with, you know, tonic. Right. Uh, what is that, quinine in it or whatever is in tonic water to make it have yeah. that flavor. And yeah. so it might play better with that flavor yeah. than it does with vermouth. Because vermouth yeah. is very smooth. Right. Like it's dry yes. and it gives it a smooth finish. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's fun. It's fun yeah, having it's fun, it's fun, those fun to experiment
0: and look at the different subtleties. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's good. Well, I was thinking about this conversation today.
0: <laughs> yes. And I thought
1: I would introduce it by saying breakdowns lead to breakthroughs.
0: I, yes.
1: Breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. They do. And you had a conversation last night with your mom. And so I did. you know, tell us about that whole experience. Like, like you've had a day to think about it. So from from start to finish, like, how does it land for you? So it was
0: really fascinating because we had done the pod yesterday yeah, and we're dealing with upset and story coming forth and, and also unfinished business because we're in this um, relationship seminar that's bringing things forward as well as, I, I have to be honest with this, our move has made us have to go through stuff, and I'm going through old stuff.
1: You know, I had that experience too. I've been thinking a lot more about my ex-wife because I'm looking at all these photographs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of my family, and I'm not thinking about her longingly or you know, I'm right? Just, she's just in my thoughts.
0: But like you know, we, we've we've discussed on the pod before with our kids being kind of alienated, and right. So you go and find old letters and cards from your kids. So I, so so there's a layering effect that's happened, sure. and. And we're now mostly moved in, really. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a home. And But up until that point, and with all that learning, there was stress. and Sure. You know. So and, I'm not making an excuse. One ex- more thing.
1: And we sort of got out of our rhythm of playing every totally, day. Totally.
0: Totally got out of our rhythm. Yeah. So I'm not making an excuse, but I'm also recognizing that the um, context that was swirling around as things uh, came, bubbled up to the surface, let's say, um, I I guess I was just more vulnerable to experience it. Plus I am committed in this relationship seminar seminar to transform, to apply what I'm learning and actually use it because that's something we've noted with each other before with our trainings is that we, we don't just we we walk the walk. We don't just talk about it. And then like only during the seminar days, we do our stuff and then we never apply it again.
1: Right. So just to give people context. So the seminar is a conversation about the structure of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And in the seminar, the leader creates a distinction mm-hmm. and we talk about whatever it is she's being distinct about. Mm-hmm. And then we get an assignment, which you know sounds like what did you learn about love from your father what did you learn yeah about that was a powerful
0: one for example that yes. was an
1: assignment yeah and and you know it's not just the question hangs in the air you actually have to like think and talk about the question yeah. and and respond to it so so what you're talking about is doing complete work in the seminar right. to put yourself in issue and to confront which is to look at without flinching <laughs> to confront what is what's there for you to confront Mm -hmm. and to deal with it in language, to actually speak about it openly.
0: Yeah. And I, the last two sessions, because we have a session once a week, I had, I'll just say it fiddle farted around on my assignments. I had been thinking about them, but I didn't actually apply myself like I had the weeks before where I was kind of working a little bit on it every day. So whatever, for whatever reason, I'm not going to make an excuse, but I kind of fiddle farted on that and thought about it. And I didn't know why I was so, um, just uh, like why I wasn't uh, putting forth the effort. Like, you know, I kind of questioned like, what am I doing? Well, then of course things bubble the surface and I have a meltdown and I recognize I'm, you know... Uh, I don't know if the word is denial, but I'm, but I'm avoiding the inevitable. Like I'm avoiding the question that I know is there and I need to just say it because I'm attached to my story.
1: You don't want to ask the question.
0: I don't want to ask the question because when I ask the question, it means I, you know, uh, for integrity's sake, I need to then act on it. Cause I, I see it. I, apparently I already see it, but I'm, when I verbalize it, I really see it. And then I have to act. And and then that is a chain of events that involves other people because this whole thing's about relationship. And truly as a human being, life is about relationships. So I'm dealing, you know, we talk about our relationship, of course, but it's not just romantic relationships in this course that we're taking. It's all relationships. It could be family relationships, co-worker relationships, any type of relationship.
1: Friends, dogs, anything.
0: Acquaintances, people you meet on the street. Because although you may not be, you may have just met them, there's a relatedness because we're human. There's a relatedness because I live in the same neighborhood as this person or they shop at the same store as me. So there's all this meaning that we make about all these people in any type of verbal or nonverbal communication that we have. And we make these judgments And then we think that's what's so, and we kind of go through our life in this
1: bubble. Yeah, and you don't really want to ask the question because you don't really want to get the answer if you don't like the answer. I agree with that. Yeah. It's also work. It's a lot of work.
0: It's It's emotional work. It's emotional work, which is, I was so exhausted after yesterday, you know, going to bed. I mean, I was literally just spent. And so I had the breakdown yesterday, and then... You had offered to go make dinner, and I didn't really tell you. But I was sitting here for a moment, and I knew if I didn't do it right then, it wasn't going to happen. Like, I'd find a reason to stay attached to my story, because I already was, and use that as the excuse why I'm not ready to call her yet, my mom. So I just kind of got up off the couch, went in the bedroom, and started dialing the phone. Now, I did hope it went to voicemail. I was hoping it would go to voicemail. That's funny. And I was all prepared to leave this message and give her the day and time that I would love to talk to her. But that's not what happened. She answered the phone. Then I proceeded to say, Oh, did I catch you at a bad time? Should I call at a different time? You know, are you home? Because sometimes she's out and about. She goes, No, I'm home. It's perfect time. <laughs> so now I have to talk to her meanwhile you have to understand that i'm having this meltdown yesterday and i'm sure motherly instinct was kicking in um because i had been avoiding her for several weeks her texts which is not uncommon for her to experience from me not that i was intentional but but like when i was married there was a lot of conflict with my ex and even talking to my family, so the idea is to be not in contact for long periods of time was not uncommon for my mom. So she got used to it. But since the divorce and since I moved out of that situation, I was much more responsive on getting back to her. You know, at least texting her and telling her, "Hey, I'm okay. I just haven't had time to sit down." I
1: didn't realize you've been avoiding her for weeks.
0: Yeah, a couple of weeks. So, and the reason is, is that she knew we were moving. So I had talked to her at one point before the move or like when we were in our extended living area. And then once we started moving here, of course, it was really busy for us. And I, and she probably texted me during that time and I probably put her off. Yeah, sure. And then um, the second or third time she texted, I didn't even answer. So then now it's down to this fourth text. As I'm sitting here having a breakdown, my mom texts me and says, I just want to know if you're alive. <laughs> Will you text me? So anyway, I call her and...
1: She's She's ready to
0: talk. (laughs) And so I do the put off by talking about just everyday stuff. The weather. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And found out, you know, with my parents are aging, my mom's going to be 80 this year. So, you know, they have health things that come up. And so it's always great because older people want to tell you all about their health. And so she went into her laundry list and, and I'm supportive of that and, and listen to her. And then I, you know, as she's talking, I'm sure I'm not listening very well because I'm trying to get up the courage to say what I need to say. And it was really helpful that a couple days before all this you had I had queried you on the same conversation. You reiterated it yesterday, but I wasn't really listening yesterday. So the idea is I was taking what you said from a couple days before that even breakdown where I said I just don't know how to talk to her. I don't know how to tell her and start this dialogue because I don't want to hurt her feelings, and I don't want her to take offense. I mean, I can't control her. I get that. But i that's not my intention is to cause a whole bunch of disrupt and hurt feelings. What I'm trying to do is find out what really happened at the, to create the story for me and and then tell her what what I believed it was and that I was wrong this whole time or whatever, you know, something to that. And you had shared with me using some kind of phrasing like, you know, here's the situation. I made up a story about this, but what I really want to know is what was your intent? What really happened then? How did it Be- hurt for you? Because, well, I use the words like what was your intent and what happened because I, I said to her, because I was only two or three during this time. So I'm sure as a young kid, I didn't have the savviness to understand who was really in the room, who you were talking to. context, everything. Yeah, I said, yeah. I, I all I had was words. And I knew what those words meant and made meaning out of them for me. Sure. I didn't take them in tone. Like I didn't yeah. understand tone yet or right. anything. Right. So um, I asked her, the she's, she when I asked her if I can talk to her, she's like, all oh, super great about this. And I said, mom, I have something to tell you. I don't want you upset. I don't want this. And I prefaced it all. Sure. She says, don't just tell me. And that kind of relieved me because she was in a good place. It wasn't. She wasn't in a bad place to right. talk. And I said, so understand this is not me picking on you or anything. I would probably brought up similar things like this before, but now I'm really clear about the specifics of what's bothering me on these stories I've made up since I was little.
1: Right.
0: And can you answer me these questions about these stories? And so I laid it out for her. And it was so funny because it, it's I can, I'm a mother myself. So if I wasn't a mother, I might – think her reaction was callous and i'm sure when i was a younger woman and had conflict with my mom um i think i heard her differently sure and thought some of her sounds were callous like she didn't give a shit, right but i heard her as a mother like i really heard her as a mother and she says she kind of as she as i'm talking she kind of goes oh she giggles and she says oh gosh There's no one gives you a rule book on parenting. There's so many mistakes we make. No one knows because you were my first. I didn't even know what to do. I was the oldest. So I was the first in my whole family to have kids. I didn't know what I was doing back then in, you know, the, she's a baby of of wartime, right? And Mm so obviously we're past the fifties, but even in the sixties, when I was born, There wasn't a lot of talking about delivery. You know, there was standard delivery. Go to the OR, you know, deliver your baby. You didn't have choices. The doctor would decide everything. And then flash forward to my birthing, I made all the decisions. I had a bathtub. I had a birthing ball. I had all these things. I made all these decisions about drugs and, you know, fully involved. And so she's laughing. She says, you know, she didn't. And then she didn't answer the question right away. She went into it, what she remembered the time, it flashed right. her back, and she went and said, oh, yeah, there were, you may not remember, but all my sisters and brothers were there, because we were excited to show the pictures of the kids. Right. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, great. And she goes, and you have to understand, her context was this, I'm the oldest of eight. My mom was mad when I left the house to go to college, because she felt I was leaving her stranded, and that lasted most of my life the space that was created. So firstly, I'm really thankful you're talking to me now so you don't have space with me. And then she said, so all my sisters and brothers are sitting there and I felt, I mean, you were there, but I didn't think about it. I wanted to really impress upon them what's considered normal with birthing a baby And how babies come out and they look different ways. And she says, I'm sorry if you heard it different, but that's what I was saying. It also, because your brother had an illness when he was born, I was trying to look good and impressing upon everyone how wonderful he is and normalize how normal and how much more more normal can you be by saying the Gerber baby. Right. And of course, the things they said about me were completely opposite spectrum. And so I said, okay, mom. I said, do you want to know what I, story I made up without making a wrong? I wasn't there to make a wrong. I just said, you won't believe this. This is just how humans just make shit up. I absolutely recognize I just made this up. Now I'm only a little kid. I didn't know, but this is what I made up. I said, i I thought I was uh, not human and unworthy. Wow. And therefore, un I mean, unworthy comes with a huge thing. It, you could say, like, so someone could easily say, I'm not pretty or, or right. I'm not um, smart or I'm right. not this. Unworthy encapsulates a whole bunch of shit, right. like intelligence, beauty, right. ability, right. everything. Right. Like, I was unworthy. And should be ashamed of myself for just being alive.
1: Right.
0: So it isn't that my parents didn't show me love even further on in my life. They did a lot. But my filter was already in place. So I didn't let them love me. Or I didn't let it come in. Because I had to fulfill that story. Also, you didn't trust it. Oh, I did Here's your parents saying it. The person you trust the most is saying this right to you. In front of people. In front of all your aunts and uncles. Right. Why would that be happening right. if it wasn't true? Right. And I was, mom said later, you know, she says, you were a super intelligent kid. Right. So you, I can see where you made me. And then she talked about from a very little age, how even though I was extremely, she said, I was extremely jealous of my brother. And I was jealous because of that whole scenario. But she said that also super caring, like from the very youngest age you can imagine, I would do things. Little coddlers that don't know anything would be sharing things with people. Right. And I'd have crackers set out and I'd go give a cracker to every aunt and uncle right. before I sat and ate my crackers. You know, th- just things that are children do innately based on their nature. Right. And so... She's talking about this instance, and she's telling me, thank you. And she says, this is so great. And, I, she, and she's sharing her own space with her own mother, right? Uh, which I was aware of because she had shared that before. But, but I wasn't ready to hear her like I was hearing her now. Right. Like before, when she told me this, right after her mother, my grandmother died, her mom, I was a mom, but I was also a new mom yeah. in the throes of, what, I'm, what the hell am I doing?
1: Yeah, so yesterday you got to listen newly.
0: Yeah, yesterday I got to listen with grown children, like she has a grown child right. and say, Oh my God, I totally hear you for the right. first time. It took me this long to hear you. Funny. <laughs> so then I was like, now I felt emboldened. And I was like, I don't know if I have the energy to ever do this again, like come back up and right. try to delve up old shit. And so then I asked her a second question that had been a second point in my life that was profound. Cause my story had, always been there straight through. However, this one instance that happened at the end of grade school was profound enough that it was profound enough that I needed to ask the question because I really thought I knew what was going on. And basically, long story short, my parents were having issues financially, like a new young couple does. And they had made some decisions. And of course, they didn't tell the children until it was appropriate, like, hey, we're moving or whatever. So instead, they decided to split forces. And my mom was going to move to the location first. And my dad would stay back to finish out his, because he was a teacher at his school year, and let us finish our school year. My mom would move down six or eight months earlier. And then occasionally we'd go down and see her on weekends. And so my brother and I decided that means they're getting divorced. And uh-huh. the only reason we're doing the obligatory drive down is because they're trying to either work it out or they're letting us see our mom Right. kind of thing. And my, when I said this to her, she just started laughing like <laughs> uncontrollably and she goes, Oh my God, no, <laughs> my, your dad and I like we're, are super connected. Like, like that has never been an issue. We've, Yes, we've had arguments and fought. Couples do that. But she says we have never, it's never gotten to a thing where that's it, it's over. Mm. She says we're we're even more connected now than we ever have been. We've always been that way.
1: Now she's in her 80s.
0: And now she's in her 80s. And they've right. been married freak uh, since 60-something. Long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so breakthrough. Yeah. Breakthrough because – What's the breakthrough? Well, the breakthrough is you've lived your whole life with a couple of stories that have been the filter through which you've examined the relationships you've had and the world you live in.
0: Yeah, everything, because it's filtered Everything. everything.
1: Absolutely. And now it's kind of like you've been looking through a windshield covered in mud and you turn the windshield wipers on. And so now you can see differently. And so how does it occur to you today? Like what's there for you to Well, share? you had
0: asked me before and, and I'm, it's, you know, maybe it's changed a little bit throughout the day, but, you know, initially you don't realize how attached you are to your stories, even if they're negative <laughs> in the sense <laughs> wait, that.
1: <laughs> wait, I want to just say something about that. So people get what, I, what we're talking about. We make up stories then we operate, not like they're the truth, we operate that they are the truth mm-hmm.
0: Because we, we create
1: evidence. Because we create evidence. And then we spend our whole life keeping the process of gaining evidence to prove that our story is correct. And we, we do that as human beings indefinitely. Yeah. Okay. So now here you are, 50 years old, having yeah. 50 years of evidence yeah, gathering. Yeah, 50 years
0: of story. 50 yeah. years. That's just crazy. Yeah. So part of me, you know, I had this argument with you on this exact conversation when I was still before I called my mom, was was that I feel like a fool all my life has been based on this filter, this yeah. story, and now what? Like everything is a farce. Like I yeah. recognize it's all a farce, and it's wasted time. And and I and I recognize that's cr- like crying over spilled milk because there's really nothing I can do to to capture the past, kind of thing. So well, the
1: past doesn't exist.
0: Well, but but ordinary people, yes. it does. Yes. So so there's that. So then as I deal with this, of course, now I can't unsee it because I got it from the horse's mouth directly on what happened. Right, And I trust my mother. So I don't believe my mother's lying to me. And the reality is I have to trust what people say until I don't, I can't trust them, them anymore. Evidence otherwise, right. Well, because you can't operate in a way where you're just constantly distrusting people. You yes. either trust them or you don't. It's not, it's not sometimes i trust them sometimes i don't i agree here's my mom who loves me telling me this and i'm like i can't see this so now i have to put the story aside i have to actually right it's never really leaves me it's still a ball and chain on me for the rest of my life but i actually put it aside which means now wherever i was looking out into the world from there's this abyss this space like a huge well it's a blank huge amount of space yeah and the only way I can describe it is I feel, it feels like there's just this emptiness in front of me. I don't yes. – not not emptiness like depression and emptiness or anything like that. It's just completely empty like nothing.
1: Well, see, what happens is and, – and I think it's important for everyone to understand this. What happens is we put the past into the future ordinarily. That's right. the ordinary way human beings behave. Right. Our almost guaranteed predictable future mm-hmm. is what happened in the past will happen again.
0: Almost. Right. Oh, well, yeah. And we're trying to gather evidence. And we're trying, so to, we're, we're always... trying to
1: make it happen because yeah. we because that for us is the contextual truth. So, inevitably, when you are able to set your story to one side, mm-hmm. you create an opportunity to create something new. And the way that opportunity shows up is there's nothing in the space.
0: Yeah. So there's nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's very uh, unnerving feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. It feels very unnerving. And, you know, yesterday when I was in Disrupt, I was very attached and and concerned about the waste of time and all this. And although that's still a consideration in my head, it doesn't have the same weight because now the space is there. The emptiness is there. And so there... For me, it feels more like, yes, I can complain because I'm allowed to be able to complain about shit. I mean, that's just life. I can do that if I want to. However, it doesn't feel like I any longer it has weight because I'm not evidence gathering anymore. Good. It's not, it's not like, see, let me hang on to this and keep complaining about it because I can show you how it's going to happen again. Sure. But when my story is dispelled... <laughs> Well, you, you're mourning the loss of time and the waste and what you did, which you have oh, no control over. your story. It, you know, I was telling my mother, it, it's not, there's no blame. It's not like you did anything right. wrong. The reality is I could literally have my daughter's hand as I crossed the street. And let's just say I jerk her quickly to get her on the curb. She didn't see the car coming around the turn, but it scared the shit out of me. So I jerked her up on the curb pulled on her arm, hurt her arm, and I yelled at her, come on, you know, or something. Now, that one simple instance that I thought no big deal because I'm being a mom, saving my kid's life or whatever. But she could make a story out of that. No question. She could say, I'm not quick enough. I don't do, I'm not good enough for mom. I can't keep up with her. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not the kid. But that's Absolutely. how stories happen. It's crazy. And it's scary because you realize as a parent, I've created stories for my kids.
1: Totally. For sure. So, So here's the thing. You and I have had conversations. You can actually go back and find the podcast. We talked about creating your partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've had conversations called how to create your life. Right. And that's what a space allows you. It allows you to create life as a possibility. So now you get to imagine anything because it's not something. It's anything. Like you well, can imagine so this anything. Is,
0: this is it. I'm old enough now to know what I want. I've been in bad relationships to discern the difference between what I want and what I don't want. Yes. I actually can make that decision. Yes. So when you talk about us creating our dynamic, that's very logical for me. I feel like I can do that without even knowing what it would be like to be 24-7. Right. I can make decisions along that path as we journey together. Yeah. And choose those things and create it. Yes. That seems really easy. Creating myself. Yeah. Even though I thought I was created before, because I had you know freaking you know professional athlete, I fuck I had major goals, right? Yeah. Major yeah. things I was doing, major yeah. creation of myself. Yeah. And then, of course, you become mom, and that's a major creation of yourself too. Like creating well, yourself I'll as make a mother. The argument
1: that you did that, you made the choice okay. to become a
0: mother, but now I'm not either. So what well, am you're not, I? you're
1: not a mother. You're still a mother.
0: Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's not the forward daughter, focus of
1: your- you're still a partner. So all of those things are also true. But what you're speaking to is taking yourself on a new journey that's <sighs> unpredictable. Where unpredictable. Well, you don't know what the future holds and you don't know how to move forward. And what I've told you is knowing makes no difference. Right.
0: So you say new actions. I don't even know what new actions to take.
1: Any action you take. I don't know. Well, for example, I, I know because I know you. <laughs> I know, for example, that you post every day on your social media.
0: Yes.
1: A bucket list of like places you want to visit. Right. Okay. So, I understand we're in COVID, and I understand that that's like a place we can't go to right now. Right. But one example of creating yourself newly is to choose one of those destinations, maybe one that's maybe closer mm-hmm. that we can drive to mm-hmm. and create a an adventure to explore that place, right? For example, we could do that. Right. And that would create a new set of experiences and a new construct of your life as somebody who's actually visited one of the places on your bucket list. Right. As an example. I'm not saying you must do that. No, no, I know you're giving me examples of.
0: So I get that. that. That's, but that's things to do. I'm talking about who I am. I get it. Like I don't even know. I know who I am as a mother. we have these roles, right? I know who I am in the dynamic. I get it. But me alone. I get it. Like me, just me. Listen, I've had this conversation. I don't know who that is.
1: I've had this conversation with myself. I've been in the place you're in right now,
0: right, and. I... And let me just preface this. Okay. And as a service person. Yes. I'm a service sub. I'm service oriented. That's just kind of in my wiring. Yes. Okay. I'm used to doing for others or creating, helping others create themselves, helping empower others to get to their creation. And neglect myself completely. I got it. Probably for probably... The whole life. Yeah. Yeah, my whole life. I got it. No... I,
1: so I don't I'm have the ju- practice I'm not, on. I'm not judging creating or, me. I'm not judging any part of this.
0: No, I don't, I, and I don't think anyone's I'm, judging. I'm, I'm sure there's other listeners that have
1: similar experience. Absolutely, I'm saying you get to, with all of your life experience, with all of the hopes and dreams that you have, to begin with a blank slate and create a new experience because. The life you have in the future, based on my experience and yours now, Mm -hmm. is given by the actions you take today. The life that occurs in the future is given by the actions you take today. So the question is, what are you committed to? Right? And in the space of what you're committed to, the actions you take will give you the pathway to create something in the future that you're actually committed to. Mm -hmm. And- I asked you this morning by a text, I said, if you were the author of your life, yes and you are yeah. what chapter would you write next?
0: Yeah, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, you don't know. And I that's okay, know. but you I get to know. think about it, right And you get right. to you actually get to write that chapter not by some fantasy that you have mm-hmm. because life is given in action. Mm-hmm. You get to write that chapter by the actions you are taking and I'm advising you as your friend and lover mm-hmm. and your partner, Mm -hmm. To take actions into spaces into which your commitment lives. Because when you're committed to something Mm -hmm. and you take action toward it, Mm -hmm. then the life you're enjoying is really fulfilling. And it's really, it enhances your experience of being alive because you're fulfilled by being an action in your area of commitment, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I created with you the possibility of a created life. Right. And we took steps to put forward all of the constructs around a created life. Like when you show up and kneel for me, that's part of you creating me as your dom and as your master and as your daddy, whatever it is. Right, right. Right. And that's a part of what I'm talking about. But this is also a part of what I'm talking about, (laughs) is how do you become who you are as complete in yourself, which is to say... Free and powerful and fully self-expressed.
0: See, I needed a different story because I would have had some tools along the way to this unworthy story. No, I got it. Creates, there's no reason to put any time into me. I got it. Other than if the time I put, like as a professional athlete, is a means to an end to get me to other things, like get me to college, get me a career later, those kinds of things. But it doesn't mean I was attached to those things. I just happened to be good at them. So I I took them on as uh, a strategy to be seen because I felt invisible. And in those places, like if I'm winning, people see me. It's very fleeting. It never would last, but I would feel seen in that few moments. It was a wonderful feeling. I
1: get it. But
0: otherwise I felt, I haven't built those, you know, it's great because I can really help other people. I'm really good. I helped a person today that came in who is an exterminator for the gym I run. There was no one else in the gym. And he, he happened to ask if he could use the equipment to do PT in there. I said, well, I'm sorry, you can't, because this is specifically for certain types of people. And and because of COVID and, right. and really we, we don't let other people in. And he's just like, oh yeah. So then I had a conversation about PT with him and long story short, was able to go cut him some TheraBands and give him some ideas of how to start. And with the combination of his own PT, giving him some, little uh, binder of things to do I encouraged him to start doing these things and think of them as rehab not exercise and right. get his mindset right and then talk to him you know because he's kind yeah, of your
1: contribution where right. you are
0: so here I am with no problem and lots of energy to invest in this complete stranger really I've yeah. seen him three times in four years
1: right
0: um, and this is the first time we ever had a conversation and um, contribute I'll just contribute oh da, 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 da. Right. and that's that comes like effortlessly for me, okay. effortlessly. And then when I turn to myself, Oh, forget it. Game, yeah. game off. Because... Well, we,
1: we get to take on a, a new project called, how do you yeah. create what you're committed to? And what actions should you take that mean that give meaning to your life? Cause life is empty and meaningless. Mm-hmm. And the way you create meaning in your life is you take things into account that you're committed to, and you take action in those areas. And that way you give your life meaning. Because mm-hmm. right? none of us are getting off this dirt ball. None of us no. And the life you have is the life you have. And right now, moment to moment, this is the life we're in. Right now. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. there's the past doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist. I agree. But the future is given by the actions you take in the present.
0: And I'm right with you on the coaching in the sense of hearing yeah. you say these things that all make logical sense. Yeah. But it doesn't. I don't feel hopeless. I no. certainly don't feel hopeless right now. I just feel there's an emptiness. and no, I, I get it. And there's no... It's not like I'm not motivated. It's literally there's no... I have no idea which way to turn There's first. this
1: really great board game, and I don't have it anymore. I used to have it for my kids. Mm-hmm. It's called Cashflow. It was oh. by Guy, Guy Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about the board game was in the front of the board, or the, in the inner circle... You played a game about creating enough passive income yeah. to take on things that were important to you. And then the outside circle of the mm-hmm. board were all the things that you would be interested in doing, like saving the whales or saving the environment sure. or providing health care for women or whatever it is, like right?
0: Causes. A- any
1: cause that you that you're committed to. Mm-hmm. And that was the point of the game, was to give you cash flow to have the life that you wanted to have. Because, mm-hmm. you know, his orientation is that we live in a – economic society that depends on income totally right yeah and so his his construct was create passive income so that you could do the things you want to do mm-hmm. but i'm saying you don't have to create passive income to do the things you want to do you can just <laughs> do the things you want to do right right now you can't also create passive income nothing wrong with that i'm saying what are you committed to right and whether you're committed to seeing the world or whether you're committed to sailing the world or whether you're committed to digging up clams or whether you're committed to hiking in the woods and finding mushrooms or whether you whatever it is right you just take action in the present Mm -hmm. that gives you access to a new future that new things will happen and you don't know what they are yeah true you know yeah so that's what there is to do so
0: so today has been all about me just being
1: good Breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. I love it. I'm
0: not trying to overthink it or even trying to come up with an answer because I don't feel like there is an answer. I'm literally literally just being with this emptiness and just like – I love it.
1: But where you were yesterday and where you were today is the difference between chalk and cheese.
0: (laughs) That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going – please visit our Patreon website at LadyPetraPlayground. You can reach me via email at LadyPetraPlayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at RogerFergusonMusic.com. Till next time, cheers!